My name is Andrew. I want you to tell me what I'm holding in my hands. Somebody knows? What is it? The cross? Yeah. What Jesus died on? That's good. Beth? What is that? What is what she said? The cross. Now. Do you know how the cross came into being? Has anybody told you? Nobody has told you. Let me tell you this. Just before Jesus was nailed to this cross, there were so many crosses that people died on. People who were thieves in the Roman Empire could be put on the cross. People who did not, who broke the law, could be put on the cross. The cross was used to, to humiliate people. And you know, these crosses were put, when somebody was hung on the cross, it was put on the cross road where people were passing by and they could see him hanging there. And he could hang there until he died and he could rot there. It's a big humiliation, a big shame to the person. And you know, if your brother was hanging there or your sister was hanging there, that's too bad. Or your mom was hanging there. Or your dad. You don't want to hear that. I can see faces changing here. Nobody wants to hear that. It was a bad thing. But that's how they punished people who did wrong things. But again, times went by. You know, there are people who, who did that. I was reading about Alexander the Great, a strong man who conquered the empires. He crucified 2,000 people on the cross, put them outside there, and they were hanging there. And People saw them. This cross is very, very important to Christians. As I read a man by the name of Constantine, when he became a Christian, he changed the habit. He changed the, the way people were using the cross. He said, no, it should not be used that way. It should not be used to kill people. It should not be used to humiliate people. Now it became a sacred cross. And so the church started using the cross as something very special, very important. You know what? On the cross, about 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung. Not because he was a robber. Not because he's tall. Not because he broke the law. But because he loved you. And because God wanted to show his power. And so Christians, when we see the cross, when you see the cross, you need to see Jesus' love for you. You need to see the power of God to save you from your sins. And you need to be thankful to God for the cross. So when you see people wearing crosses, when you go down the road and you see a cross showing hospital, and even when you walk into the sanctuary here and see the cross there, 
know this. It was, it shows Jesus' love for you. It shows God's power to forgive your sins. And God asks us, asks us to be thankful, to be grateful, so that we become disciples of Jesus Christ. We follow Jesus each day. So the cross is not just something that you need to wear on the ear or on the chest. I can see many people wearing the cross. Many, many people. Even I can see even basketball players, I can see them wearing big crosses. But this is very important. It's because of you and because of me. Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life on this shameful cross. God loved us so much that he had to cleanse our sins through the hanging of Jesus on the cross. When you see the cross every day, wherever you go, whatever you do, remember the love of Jesus for you. Remember God's power to forgive sins. Remember that God wants you to be thankful to him. Amen? God bless you. Have a nice day. It's good morning to everyone. And uh, as I've told the kids, today's message is on the cross. My name is Andrew Nyamwea. I forget that usually, most of the time. And uh, let me just say, <laughs> Andrew Nyamwea. And uh, from the bulletin, he told I was a pastor in Kenya. And I came over to study at Fuller Theological Seminary. And I've been around this place for some time now. And soon and very soon, I hope to graduate and go back to Kenya. Now, another thing, pastor was asking me to tell you what I've been before. And again, that really is something very important. Sometimes I forget what I've been before. And let me mention, by the way, that I've been a school teacher, high school teacher. And then the Lord called me to be a pastor. I've been a pastor. And one day again, the Lord opens another, opened another door. I was in charge of all the evangelical churches of Kenya. And uh, my office was in Nairobi for about four years. That's not too long. And it wasn't too short. But I loved it. And that's where the Lord called me actually to come over and study at Fuller. I had studied my first degree in Nairobi. And I had enjoyed it. And that's who I am. I am a husband. I have a wife. She's in our midst. I have kids. I have four boys and two girls. Now, our oldest is 23, I think, somewhere there. And our youngest was born about 12 years later after his sister. And he's three years old. And he's up there, upstairs. We've enjoyed being here at First Baptist. My wife enjoys being with the kids up there. But some of my children who are here, they love it here. Now, let me just say what I wanted to say today. What the Lord has put on my heart. And before I do that, I just want to say, you may excuse me. Because it's long since I preached. I've forgotten. How I used to preach. And so I may not do it 
the way I could have loved to do it, or the way you could have loved me to do it. But I'm going to do it. Because the Lord wants us to hear what he has for us today. The cross. When you hear about the cross, what comes into your mind? Or when you see the cross, the question is, what do you see on the cross? Many of the crosses have somebody on them. And our Jesus is not there. He was taken from there and buried and he rose. He's in heaven. But the cross is a reminder of what God has done. For Christians, the cross is the most important symbol. And how do we come to the cross today? This is August the 3rd. We should talk about the cross in April. Because that's when we have Easter, Sunday, Easter, Good Friday and all that. But today we are going to celebrate the table of the Lord. And this is where the cross is where the body of Christ was broken. It's where his blood was shed for us. And so when we come today to take the bread and take the, the, the juice that is before us, remember the cross. In our lives, every one of us has a hero. If you ask the children to tell you who their heroes are, some will tell you, my mom is my hero, or my dad is my hero. Some people could be proud of many, many things around. Maybe they are strong. And they, they have good homes, so, you know, Everything that they want to have. Heroes are things that are very important to us. Things that we can be proud of. Somebody that you can be proud of. At the airport, I know as a traveler, I need to have my passport. If I don't have my passport with me, then I will not be allowed to travel. As a driver, you know, if you don't have your driver's license, you can't go out to drive. And all of us need to have things that are important, that we need to carry with us. And as I've said before, even in our homes, there are things that we need there. Some people need security, and we need it very well. That's why we have, in many homes, we have some signs that show which group protects us, which company, security company, protects us. We need protection. In the church, here, we need a pastor. We need leaders. We need people that we can be proud of. People that we can go out and say, yes, my pastor is God. Or we need a good building like this one, in the center of Pasadena. Where you could point and say, that is my church. That is my church. And I've been here with Karen when people are coming to do their weddings and they say, wow. They look at the pews, they look at the front, they look at the organ, they look at the, the, the piano. It's so beautiful. Things that are very beautiful. The story we read about Paul in the church in Corinth. 
Paul was a great preacher. And he came to this church in Corinth. And he found Christians there. And they were not same Christians. Some of the Christians were Jews. Some of the Christians were Gentiles or Greeks. And the Greeks are known to be philosophers, known to be great learners, educated people. And the Jews also are known to be very religious people. They knew they were children of Abraham. And they were proud of that. And the Greeks were proud of their education. And so Paul finds these Christians in the church of Corinth. And he finds them talking about many, many things. One of the things that they talked about is that they were proud of Apollos, a great man in the church. Eloquent, who spoke nice. He knew where he began. He knew where he was going. And people were very proud of him. And there were also other people in that church who were proud of Peter. Oh, Peter, great man, especially the Jews. Who knew him as a man who could keep the law. The man who knew what the Sabbath was. The man who knew what Judaism was. Great Peter was there. And there were also people who were very proud of Paul. They said, oh Paul, the great man. The man who doesn't care about the law. The man who moves on with crowds. The man who has come to set us free from the law. From the law and all other things. Maybe even the women could say, yes, this man has come. To set us free. Because we have been told not to speak in, in the meetings. Not to do this, not to do this. We have a liberator. Somebody that has come to set us free. Paul comes there and writes them a letter and says, Listen to me. Excuse me. It's not Apollos. It's not Peter. It's not even me, Paul. It's Christ. Because... Apollos was never crucified. Apollos could not deal with the problem of sin. Even with his eloquence. Even with his good speech. He could not pay for the sins of people. And then he looks at Peter and he says, Not even Peter could pay for your sins. Peter could be a very courageous man, a strong man, a brave man after Pentecost. But he could not pay for your sins. And he says, even me, Paul. Yeah, you could say, I'm teaching well and I'm doing good things. Yet I could not pay for your sins. And he reminds the people in the church. It's Jesus. And he says these words. Jesus and him crucified. But there's power in the cross of Christ. In the cross of Christ, the wisdom of God is sin. He tells the Greeks, the Greeks, listen to me. It's not your wisdom, the power that you have in your wisdom that could save you, that could make you children of God. Because you had this education, you had all this knowledge, you were educated, but you were never changed. Until you came to Jesus Christ. That's when you Greeks became children of God. And he talks to the Jews also and says, 
Hey Jews, listen to me. You didn't become children of God by just Abraham. Just because you were children of Abraham, you could not become children of God. You become children of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so Paul lifts the cross up. He says the cross is the most important thing. What is the cross? It is the wisdom of God. It's the power of God to salvation. And people did not understand that. The Jews could not understand. The Greeks could not understand that. And I believe even today, there are many people who don't understand the power of the cross. Have you been to the cross of Calvary? Have you been to Jesus? Have you been, have you had time to look at the cross of Calvary? Have you seen the pain that Jesus went through? The shame that he went through? And that it was not because of what he did, but because of what you did. Does that break your heart? That, that cause you to move closer to God? Does it help you to see how much God loves you? When you see the cross, what do you see? Now, sometimes at the cross, you go to Calvary, there were three people there. There were one on the left, one on the right, and there was one in the middle. And in most cases, people see the people on the sides, on the side, but they forget to see the person in the middle. The person in the middle is the person who made the difference. The cross of Christ makes the difference of all the crosses we see around. You can see the cross in the hospital. You can see it in outside buildings and in the churches. But that cross of Christ, when it is translated from up there into our hearts, it makes the difference. What does the cross mean to you? It's very dangerous if you lose sight of the cross as a Christian. The Jews lost sight of the cross. They lost sight of the cross of Christ. Thank God Paul comes in and tells them, Amen, the cross still is powerful. The cross still has the power. The wisdom of God is on the cross. The power of God is on the cross. The love of God can only be seen on the cross of Calvary. And all of us can do that, can identify with the cross. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh by faith is by faith in the Son of God. Who loved me. What do you see? What do you know about the cross of Christ? How about your life? Paul again says. Even in Philippians. Chapter 2.20 he says. For to me to live. Is Christ. And to die is gain. What's life to you? As you walk down the streets of Pasadena. Or walk around and do things here and there. What does life hold for you? Do you see the cross of Calvary? Do you see Christ in your ways of life each day? Salvation 
is through the cross of Calvary. And so when you look at the cross, see Jesus crucified for you. He's not there. He was buried. And he rose again. He's in heaven. But he is going to prepare a place for us. Salvation comes through the cross. Have you got your salvation through the cross? In the cross, there's no Jew. There's no Greek. In the cross, all people of all colors, of all education, of all the people of all the world, when they come to the cross, they are united. They become children of God. It's at the cross where the poor can meet with the rich. It's at the cross where the black can meet with the, with the white. It's at the cross where the educated can meet with the uneducated person. It is the, at the cross where an Asian can meet with an African. It's at the cross where all of us converge and find joy. The cross is something that's very important. The cross brings people together. Church brings people together. Christianity is a religion that brings people together. Because in Christ, we become children of God. What has the cross done in your life? Has it drawn you closer to God? Has it drawn you closer to your fellow human beings? You are a Christian. You love the Lord. What has the cross done to you? The cross is supposed to bring people together. And that's what Paul is telling the people in Corinth. He's saying, hey, stop saying, I am a Jew. I am a Greek. Oh, I belong to Apollos. I belong to, to, to Peter. And I belong to, to, to Paul. Say, we belong to Christ. Because it is at the cross where Paul came, where Apollos came, where Peter came. At the cross of Christ. And all of us are servants at the cross of Christ. What has the cross done in your life? What difference does the cross make in your life? What is church? What difference does the church make in your life? What difference does Christianity make in your life? How often do we confuse Christ with religion? With the things that we do. You know, today we are doing, we are doing things on being a contagious Christian. And many times Christians do, 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 do. We confuse, confuse Christianity with doing. Our salvation has been bought already. It's done. The work for your salvation is done. The work for my salvation is done at the cross of Calvary. And so we need all of us as children of God who love the Lord. We need to go to the world and tell the world salvation is free. And it's free now through Jesus Christ, through the cross of Christ. Jesus told Pilate one time when he was asking, what is truth, Jesus? Jesus told him the truth is that is Christ. I am the truth. And Pilate could not understand the true philosophy. We need to know. We need to know that the cross of Calvary, the cross of Christ is an important symbol for Christians. The Jews wanted someone to deliver them. They wanted somebody to show them the way. 
They wanted a deliverer from the Roman power. They wanted somebody who could be king to them. And when Jesus came and said he was going to die on the cross, they could not understand that. That's not what they thought Jesus could do. They thought their Messiah, their king, was going to come and conquer the Romans. Who had given trouble for, given them trouble for long. And so a crucified Christ for the Jews was an insult. It meant defeat to them. It was not victory. They didn't want to accept that. A crucified Christ was a stumbling block to the Jews. But you know what? That stumbling block was God's choice to save the Jews. God wanted to save the Jews through Jesus Christ. He was God's way. There was no other way. He is, even today, God's choice to save people. Do you see Jesus as God's choice for you? He is the choice that God has given. God's best choice is Jesus Christ. And that means if we believe in him, we give him our lives, then we have eternal life. Jesus is the way. The Greeks saw it as foolishness. It could not make sense that their savior, the king, the messiah could die on the cross. It could not make sense to them. But that is what God had chosen. It looked like it was blasphemy. It was wrong to do that. But God chose Jesus Christ to be the way. Now, in our days, what is the wisdom? What's our way of solving problems nowadays? We have many good programs in the world today to help us solve our problems. But these programs, they don't help us to solve the problem of sin. Sin cannot be solved by us, by our methodologies, by our ways. God has chosen one way to deal with the sin, and that is through the cross of Calvary. We may fight diseases, and we may teach people on how to overcome diseases, and overcome problem after problem. But the ultimate answer to the problems of this world is what God has given. World solutions today cannot be sufficient. They are not enough. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the cross of Calvary, when people come to Jesus, when people come to Calvary, when people embrace the cross of Christ, then God takes over in their lives. And they begin living a life trusting God every day. They begin living lives that are looking up to God every moment. And that's what I could encourage us as children of God, that as we come to church, as we live here in Pasadena, as we are in First Baptist Church in Pasadena, God wants us to focus on the cross of Calvary. God wants us to see Jesus Christ and lift him up all the time. See the work that he has done in Jesus Christ on the cross. If you have not seen that, 
Go back and see it. Because once you see that, you're going to embrace the cross. You're not going to wear the cross just for, 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 for decoration. You're going to wear the cross knowing that this is where my life is hanging. This is what God has done for me. This is what Jesus has done for me. The cross is for you and for me. For your salvation and for my salvation. And not for us only who are here, but for the salvation of people outside there. So that we have the responsibility of taking the gospel, the good news to people out there, and tell them Jesus died for them. His cross suffices for their sins. Our glory should be in the Lord and the work he has done. He has paid for our sins. Our glory should be in the cross of Calvary. Our glory should be in the power that's found in the cross that forgives the sins. That sets people free. That gives joy to people who have no joy. Our glory should be in the Lord Jesus Christ. We should glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today and always. Because he is the only way, the truth, and the life. Maybe the question here could be, what do you glory in? Do you have an Apollos that you are proud of? A hero? You are a person, you are a man, or you are, you are a woman that you have, you hold up and say, this is my person. What do you glory in? What are you proud of? Who is your hero? For us, as children of God, Christ is our hero. We can lift him up and say, Jesus is my hero. Because he is the one who has died for my sins. He's the one who has done that which I could not do. That which my father could not do. Which my brother could not do. Which my sister could not do. That which my education could not do. That which my money could not do. Jesus is my glory. Is my joy. Is the person that I, I can rejoice in. It's the person that I can be proud of. Lastly, and not least, my friend, we have nothing that we can rejoice on. You have nothing to be proud of. I have nothing to be proud of. And that's what Paul is telling the people in Corinth. Not Apollos, not Peter, not Paul, but Jesus Christ. As children of God, wherever we are, we may have all this education. We may have the money. We may have good homes. We, have, we may have good cars. We may have all these things. But do you know what? As a Christian, a Christian's most important thing is Jesus Christ. Because he is the wisdom of God. He is the power of God. He is the salvation of the world. Do you know Jesus that way? Can you identify with Jesus? Can you embrace the cross and say, yes, the cross of Christ is what matters in my life. Is my hero. Jesus is my hero. Jesus is my power. If there's any wisdom that I have, it's Jesus Christ. Did you know the wisest person, according to God, is the person that has embraced Jesus Christ? As Lord and Savior. 
That's the wisest person. Because when we go before the Lord, very soon, we cannot show him our certificates. We cannot show him our diplomas. The wisest person is the person who has Jesus Christ. The wisest person is the person with Jesus in his heart. And you can be the wisest person. You can get the wisdom of God at the cross of Jesus Christ. And the richest person before God is the person with Jesus Christ. Because the riches of God are in Jesus Christ. And as we live our lives, as we walk and do things, remember the cross of Christ is the power of God, is the wisdom of God for you and for me. It brings salvation to you and salvation to me. And salvation to the world. It gives us the power to go out and tell that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? Then embrace him. Keep walking with him. When you see the cross, rejoice because your sins have been crucified, have been dealt with on Calvary's tree. The work for your salvation is completed when you see the cross. What do you do when you see the cross? And today as we walk down the aisles to participate in the Lord's table, I want you to walk down the aisles smiling, knowing that the work for your sins has been done. That God has loved you so much and gave his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. He is not on the cross. He is in heaven. That the righteousness of God has been given to you as a gift. When you walk down the aisle and take the bread and take the, one, the, the, the juice, think of this. My sins have been forgiven. And this is not what I have done, but what God has done. And rejoice. And then when you look around and see people around you, see what God has done. And rejoice in that. Because one day when we get to heaven, the Bible teaches that there are people from all nations, all tribes, all languages, who will be gathered before God because they accepted the work of Calvary. Because Jesus Christ is their Lord. And today, may we be reminded that the cross has still back power. It can still save. It still has its power. And it still has. It's still the way to God. No other way. What is the cross to you? When you see the cross, what do you see? You see your sins forgiven? You see eternal life? Do you see your deliverance? Do you see righteousness? Do you see your forgiveness? Do you see eternal life? What do you see when you see the cross? Does the cross scare you? Do you sometimes don't want to see it? The cross is what we need. We see Jesus lifted up for us, for you and for me at the cross. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the cross. The wisdom of God.
the power of God to redeem us. To redeem all people, men and women, young and old, from all tribes, from all nations, bring them to the kingdom of God. At the cross, we rejoice this morning. We thank you for it. Lord, we pray that if there's any one of us here who has not embraced the cross, that in the name of Jesus Christ, you want to draw him or her to that cross so that they may see the love of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God, and receive eternal life. We thank you, God. We give you glory. Remind us all the time of the cross and the work that Christ did there. We thank you and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we move down to the, to the aisles and take the bread, we'll also take the cup which represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. And we go back to our seats and sit down and we wait for one another. And then we'll take it together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the cup. And we pray that you will bless it to us. May the joy of this cup fill our lives. Each day, each moment, in our ways, in our homes, and wherever we are. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now let's stand and sing, Bless Be the Tie That Binds. <laughs> <laughs> We want every hand to be held. Uh, uh, at least one hand. <laughs> All right, let's move on over. shining stars for him as you go into the world making it known that Jesus loves them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.